Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Dishy Alter Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Thursday night here on Alter Confusion, doing our thing with this stuff where we talk about the stuff. Yes. Thank you for helping out my lack of vocabulary. You're welcome. So, ladies and gentlemen, I, of course, am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the prolific Connor himself, Zeus. It is a pleasure indeed to see you again, sir. Hope all is well in your commode of Mr. Uh, Funko Pops. Okay, so before the show, I was telling Zelius that my brain was like completely dead, that I don't know if I'm going to string a couple, if I'd be able to string sentences together, and then he's one-upping me as the show starts. Anyways, uh, <laughs> this of course is the Thursday night. i consistent, man. <laughs> this of course is the, the uh, Thursday night hangout. It's a weekly live show uh, where we try our best to cover the topics that are most important to you during the show. If you have not uh, gotten time to uh, submit a question or a topic, uh, have no fear. All you got to do is drop it into the chat window and we'll try to add it to the show. If we run out of time, then we'll add it to the next show. Now, since we're on the topic of chat room or the chat box or whatever you want to call it. We have a chat box? Yes. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I highly recommend that even if you do not have a topic or question of your own, that you do uh, utilize the chat room to add to the conversation because we want everybody's voice to be heard even if it's through the words on the keyboard they're real words to me they're more real than the words that people say to me in real life i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing Zelius. well i don't have like any auditory listening skills oh, but if well. i see it then it's emblazed in my mind well there you go i think congratulations is am i supposed to say that well, it's like, okay, so you got kids at school studying for finals, right? And people are like starting to study now for finals. What is finals? Like, I, they're like this third week in May, right? I'm I like, know. What I is finals? Like, what? Third week in that. May? No, first week of June. I know. Well, <laughs> welcome to 2021, <laughs> buddy. Um, but like, I would just read it the night before and be fine. Because like, I could read text. And for the most part, regurgitate pretty dang well the next day. Regurgitate. Tell me the same thing. I wouldn't know what you're, I wouldn't remember any of it the next day. Uh -huh. So when it comes to like reading material and like being able to give it back, that I got for you. Hmm. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, let us get into the, the, the topic for this evening. So uh, as you may have noticed, the last couple of shows, we've basically tackled one big topic and then kind of spun off onto tangents uh, or, you know, other topics as they came up. tangents on the show? This show is nothing but tangents. So altered your tangent confusion? Uh, sort of. All right. So uh, the 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 basis of this topic, because basically it it's it's a it's a family favorite here at Alter Confusion, and that's fan projects. Uh, so for those out there who don't know, uh, there was or is or I guess was now uh, a fan project that's been basically uh, in um, it's been in production. For about 10 years. Uh, it's called Chrono Shift, and it's basically a legacy server for League of Legends when it first came out. Now, they've been doing this for a very long time, okay? And uh, this thing has always been closed beta. It's always been like, you know, you, you got to know someone to get onto this thing. The code was never uh, accessible to anyone outside the team. The team never uh, received any money. It was a passion project. Well, shit apparently hit the fan. Uh, 
somebody, a security person over at Riot Games, which of course is the the IP owner of League of Legends. Well, they're the developer too, right? Like they're developer and publisher. Well, right. So technically, yes, they're the developer and the publisher, though I guess Tan, uh, Tencent. Tencent is now the publisher. Sure. But anyways, so um, there was a, a very interesting exchange between uh, one of the developers for uh, Chrono Shift and uh, one of the security people uh, from Riot Games. Basically, the guy was a l- the, 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 the Riot Games guy was really snarky. And um, but at the end of the day, he was in his, you know, he was within his rights. He's a representative of Riot, and they have decided, uh, they basically said, you've got to, um, thank you, Rimblades, uh, for now, for following us. Is a random representative actually have the authority to basically, like, throw down legal hammers like is that actually how it works so okay so like, it wasn't actually like a legal like i'm suing you it's like no. did they actually have the authority to do that i guess okay so I never, like, got out of it. yes and no so what this gentleman or or what uh, this person what this person was tasked to do was to reach out to the developers of chrono shift and tell them that they uh, uh cease and desist that they are, uh, you know, utilizing IP that is not theirs. They need to stop the uh, their development and they need to turn over all the source code to Riot Games so that nothing else can happen or nothing further can happen. But what happened was the 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 person went like bombastic. They're like, you know, uh, soon it's gonna be it's not gonna be Chrono Shift. It's gonna be Chrono Broke. Cause we're going to, you know, we're going to slam, blam you, bam, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so the guy went like, like, I don't know. He went off the rails. Um, when I first read it, it actually sounded like a prank. Yeah. Like the way it came off, I'm like, is this real? Like it, it seems like some like 14 year old edgelord actually did it. No. I, yeah. The, 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 um, the conversation it was, it was not professional. That's for sure. Um, and like I said, it was very snarky. Uh, but here's the deal. Um, this is, this is kind of like that case of, um, of, uh, the, the unofficial, uh, vanilla wow servers, uh, from a couple years ago, uh, before bliss is like, you know what? We'll just do that. Uh, of course, you know, everyone's going, okay, right games. You, you see how important this is. Are you going to do that? Right games. Like, nah, we're good. Um, but anyway, it's very different because people there doesn't really seem to be a whole lot of, as far as I know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of clamoring for like the original League of Legends server. It seemed like for everything I saw, it was just like a passion project. Um, you know, World of Warcraft was a situation where people thought that it was like the best version, the ultimate version, whereas it seemed like with the LOL, it was more of just a fun kind of project for them. Uh, more of like a posterity of history of this is like the original, you know, big mogul almost in a way. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, here, here's the thing. Um, what, what I kind of look at, uh, when I first started reading about this, the thing that first came to mind was there was, um, an online game called star Wars galaxy. 
And when it first came out, everyone was like, oh my gosh, the best thing ever. And then for some unknown reason, they basically jacked all, with all the mechanics. And everyone was like, this is the worst thing in history. <laughs> and so what you had was a bunch of uh, very intelligent, bright-minded individuals who basically took, found a way to like basically grab onto the uh, pre-patch code and built up uh, a private server so that people could play the real game and not the shitastic game. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah. So yes, passion project, but also once again, like you know, you look at Vanilla WoW, <clears throat> and it's you know, it harkens back to the days of purity, and it doesn't you know have all this extra stuff slapped on top. Okay. So, I totally understand. I totally understand where Riot Games come from. They they have every single right in the world, and. Uh, you know, I think that the way that the security guy dealt with this uh, developer is absolute horseshit. And uh, Riot Games has finally come out and said that there's going to be an internal discussion with this individual, which whatever the mm. hell that means. Um, mm. I'm sure he's quaking in his boots. Now, of course, uh, this is this is not to say that I totally understand uh, uh, passion projects. Um and of course, you you've got a feel for for individuals who have spent a ton of time trying to you know create something uh, from a basically an entity that they are super passionate about. Uh, but of course, once again, it's not theirs. Uh, this is not the first time that you've seen uh, a bunch of developers creating something or working off of something uh, that's not theirs and uh, being basically being given the cease and desist letter. Um, the one that not uh, the, the one, the one example that really gets to me is the, uh, the uh, user project um, or I guess the fan project called Pokemon Uranium, which they spent a ton of time. It was like, it, it looked like, I think it's like a uh, Game Boy. It might've been mm, like DS like style. And it basically had all the Pokemon plus an additional evolution. And of course they got, you know, Pokemon company goes, nah. Um, now, okay, so here's the thing. I know I'm bouncing all over the place, but here's the thing. I I understand that having your passion project for something you're very passionate about, I'm gonna just say passion, 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 passion. Um, it's a passion. Passion. Uh, sucks. Like passion fruit. It, it, fruit yeah. it absolutely sucks. And what what individuals do who who are working on a project that they can no longer work on is they usually go well i don't understand you know i i wasn't getting any i didn't make any money off of it um you know um uh, i there was there was no public access to this it was simply um uh private development there wasn't you know um There was no, there was no, you know, like fundraisers or any of that stuff. So why mess? Why mess with us when we're trying to show love and support uh, for uh, basically uh, the beginning of League of Legends, which technically a lot of people are also going, you know, uh, you could just see this as like a mod. I'm like, I don't see it as a mod, but 
uh, they're like, well, what if Blizzard were to not allow you to do mods in StarCraft or Warcraft? Like, that's two different games. Um, I love that. Look, I understand that, you know, you want, uh, you know, you want to do your passion project. You also want to show off that project to like-minded individuals. But as soon as you show it to someone, there's a very good chance that you're going to get a cease and desist because it's not yours. And I understand that you are, but I love the thing. And as hard as it is for me uh, to, you know, basically say you're in the wrong fan project person, the fact of the matter is, and, and I've been told that, you know, I've finally come to grips with this, is that if you work on uh, an existing IP that is not yours and it gets basically out of control, uh, the owner of the IP is going to get targeted, not you. And... Um, that's one of the that was one of the reasons why Blizzard ha, uh, had to shut down the the fan um, vanilla WoW servers was because they weren't supporting at that time they were not supporting the original WoW so they weren't going to add patches to it. It's kind of like uh, people trying to basically uh, resurrect dead games and then um, you know everyone everyone getting a little hot underneath the collar because. The, the IP owners are not working on this. And of course, everyone everyone's going to be pointing the fingers at the IP owners if the project doesn't work. Which is- I've never seen people actually point fingers at the original IP holders though. Like that, like maybe like 0.01% of people, but I never really actually see that happen. Like I hear that's like the big boogeyman of all of a sudden the IP holder is going to be in trouble. But like, I don't, I think it, that's something I, the IP holder uses. That's not, they use it as the boogeyman. That's not really an issue because people who are playing these old, like older IPs, like they know what they're getting into. It's not like some secret of like, of course. oh, well, I thought this was actually being developed by this company. Like, no, I, I think, I think it really comes down to CYA. What they're, what any, any IP owner is afraid of is that one, um, People will associate that game, even if they know that that game has nothing to do with your company, they will associate it with the franchise that you own. And two, and this is the big one, ladies and gentlemen, there is a very good chance that in some instances, the fan project is better than the original project. And that they will not have. Yeah, that can definitely happen. I don't know. It's, meh. I mean, I get it. Like, legally speaking, yes. The companies can do it. They can shut it down due to the IP and the copyright and all that stuff. Um, but especially when it's a project that's, you know, behind closed doors, not even asking for money. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, now I get it. If you're advertising for it and you're trying to get support, that's obviously a whole different game. Um, I don't know. Well, see, so here, here's here's the thing. Um, yeah, I think this is, this is really what... what uh, got them in trouble. And that was the fact that, um, they had test footage of what they were doing on YouTube. Mm, yeah. That, that was, I mean, you know, um, yeah. At least make it like private on YouTube. Come on people. You, you would. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, here, here, but the thing is, and this is, this is where I, you know, my heart goes out to these guys is that, you want to be able to show the awesomeness that you were able to sculpt out of that existing universe. Mm -hmm. uh, 
which is why you have a lot of um, fan authors that create fan fiction, especially for those in the comment, was it, damn it, it's the public domain, right? Yes. Yeah, the public domain, where you could do uh, your take on Alice in Wonderland, or The Wizard of Oz, or Sherlock or Holmes. Harry Potter. Not Harry Potter. Don't do that. Well, no, yes, I know. I'm sure there's a ton of it. Um, but uh, J.K. Rowling's or WB Games or whoever the hell has got it now, they'll come after you. Okay. I mean, it's kind of everywhere. Right, but the thing is, they're not trying to... The, the, the thing is, um, fan fiction is, is... It's interesting. I... There, as long as you're not trying to turn a profit, um, then you're usually okay. However, there are authors that will come after you. Um, they refuse to allow any fan to write anything about the, the universe they've created or the characters they have. Such as who? Oh, you're going to make me pull up the damn list, dude. Well, yeah, you brought it up. All right, hold on. Authors that won't allow fanfic. Let's see here. Um, let's see here. Many authors have disallowed fanfic, which is sent, which in essence means that they request fanfic websites remove fanfiction based on their work and hope that people respect the request. Otherwise, they come after you. Um, got authors like uh, Diana. Galbadin and Larry Niven and and Rice and J.R. Ward and Orson Scott Carr, just to name a few. Really, Orson Scott Carr? Mm-hmm. Now, now I gotta know. Is there Orson Scott Carr fanfic that exists? I'm sure there is, uh, and I don't think most of the time. Uh, most of the time, what happens is if you are really into writing fanfic, you're not writing on your personal site. You're writing on like a like a you know a fan fiction library site where everyone and anyone can, um, you know, post that stuff. And so what authors will usually do is they won't go after the, the fan fiction author. They'll go after the website that's hosting the story. Well, that's 138 pages of Orson Scott card fanfic from Ender's Game. All right. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not possible, Zelius. I'm just saying that there are, there's authors out there who don't want you to do anything. Now, here's the interesting thing. Um, and here's something that's been bugging the shit out of me. I don't know if you guys are on uh, Facebook, and I know that Facebook tailors the ads and stuff, but for some reason I keep getting these stupid, like, um, classic arcade, look at all these bajillions of games on this little box that you can have for $25.99. Is it knows who you are, man. You're a classic gamer. You want the yeah, but the problem is every single one of those games, there's no way that they reached out to the IP owner to say, hey, by the way, can we can we grab all those games? There's no and way. To me, that's different. Like to me, that is a different case. Like so, like the case, like fanfic or the you know people making their own kind of indie get like derivatives yep. or whatever that yep. they're not making profit. They're just inside like that. I really don't have a problem with. Now in that case, like the arcade where they're taking games that have already been created and then reselling those in arcade. Like go wild after those. Like to me, that's a whole different case, especially when you're actively advertising it 
on yeah. a website like Facebook. So to me, that's a whole different egg of worms. Egg of worms? Um, when that's what you're doing. And I know that's the thing. I remember, I mean, shit, this is what, like 25 years ago. Wait, I remember my- oh, Wait, wait, oh, wait, whoa, whoa. Hypothetically, or, yeah. or, or uh, in, in, in a, uh, an example of a parallel universe, there okay. was a, a person named Zelius and there was a person named Charlie, and they, they heard of something called an emulator. And this oh, emulator is, 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 is this program that's that- not what, That's not what I was going for, but yeah. Uh, uh, Rimblade says, which is funny that Nintendo actually used a ROM version of their games for the NES Mini and, and Super Nintendo. Yes, they did. Uh, but once the again, they were the they were the owners. Actually, okay, so that's actually a very interesting thing. Um, first of all, I I'll go on the record. I fucking hate those stupid classic um, compilation uh, 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 consoles. You know, the money grabs like this is all your favorite Nintendo games or Super Nintendo games. Bullshit. Most of my games, they're not gonna be listed there. Uh, ZSNES is another one that I've heard of. Um, so, but well, if I want to go all in. The other way of doing it is uh, here you go. This is the true way of doing it. Get the retro pie. Yes. And then build it yourself using you know that. You, that's totally doable. But, but uh, look, here, here's the thing. Um, first of all, I, I fucking hate when they're like, oh, it's all your favorites. I, I, I do not like... What's up, Seneca? Um, ladies and gentlemen, Seneca, you may have rec you may have seen him many a time around MomoCon. Mm -hmm. um, which, we're not... There's still not one going. Um, so it's actually interesting. Look at the Retropy website of all the different systems you can emulate. Like, Wonders... What is, I've never heard of this. Oh, Zelius is going down a deep hole. Look, yeah, here's- Yeah, it's a bad thing. I, I heard, I, I can't confirm nor deny, that uh, I've, I've, I've heard that there was a really good PlayStation 1 emulator out there, but you had to have the disc. Oh, interesting. And one piece of software that basically did something to like, you know, whatever. Um, because I heard that that was potentially the only way that a certain someone could play Swicked in 2 because he didn't own it. Oh. But it's all rumor. For the 3DO. That brings back memories. Yes, yeah, a 3DO. There, uh, Ren Blade has said, hypothetically, there's a very good PlayStation 2 emulator now. I, you know, it's great. I love emulators. I mean, I, I, I had the, the Genesis one and the Super Nintendo one. And I like bulked up on a lot of the the um, RPGs, if I'm being honest. And there's a, a lot of amazing games. Uh, Rimblade says, which you need to have your own console files to use it. Well, and you also have now though, you have like with the um app stores, not app stores, but like the game stores, mm -hmm. they have resurrected a lot of the older games to actually play. Um, not all of them, obviously. There's not everyone's going to be on there. But, you know, you can get some of that old school gaming feeling going on some of the consoles. Oh, absolutely. Oh, um, 
Speaking of consoles, uh, there was uh, there's an interesting story that came out. I think it was yesterday, maybe, where they there was a Castlevania game that was going to be um, that was going to be released on the Dreamcast, but it got canceled, and now it's being released into the public into the wild. Um, ah, which is how they get around the CND from Sony because you actually have to have the, the yeah. Anyways, um, well, yes, and and Zeli's just said uh, it's not the emulators is the issue; it's it's hosting the ROMs, which is exactly the same logic behind the fanfic sites. It's not, you know, it's not that they have a section for Willie. I probably I don't know. No, they got three different folks. But you know, like, but at the same time, they can't. You know, they don't want you to host stuff that's illegitimate um but anyways so there was i want uh, god dang it, i'm gonna have to pull it up now castlevania because i can't remember the name of it vania canceled project here we go dreamcast project castlevania all right well, they used to have all the old uh remember the old abandonware websites yes Oh, uh, what's that one? Uh, there was one that's really pop. Dog something. Dogpile, and Happy was Hippo. That, wasn't Dogpile the search engine? Yes, but there was oh, but there was a yeah, Happy was Hippo, like and there was. Mm. There was one that was like really popular that had a bunch of it, but then it was like taken over by the mom or something, and never got anything done to it. Ah, oh, it was really pop. It had like a whole lot of stuff. Um, and we're talking like the you know. 2000s now. Yeah. Oh, what was that? It was such a great website. I can't remember what it's called now. Well, anyways. Um, That's really bothering me. I used to frequent it. Even though I didn't do anything, it was just fun to check out. Mm -hmm. But, um, crap. You oh, so, so the, uh, there's a Castlevania uh, sequel. Uh, that was going to be released on the Dreamcast. It got canceled. And so, uh, they have, there is now an unfinished uh, version of it that's now free, or it's available for the public. Um, let's see here. As reported earlier this month, uh, the gentleman who put this up online uh, acquired the prototype build via an auction and and has generously decided to dump the ROM online, giving Castlevania fans the opportunity to get a taster of one of the Gothic franchise's long-lost chapters. So the question I have... Oh, yes. Um, the question I have is this. All right, so if you, if you basically release a canceled project from... Let's see. Uh, it, was, it was supposed to come out 2000 it's now 21 years later can if you're releasing it into the wild are we are, are are us nerds and developers allowed you know to maybe you know uh uh mess around with it a little bit or i mean at that point i don't see why not it's already been released i don't think that's a whole lot of harm done i'm still waiting for starcraft ghost to be released into the wild that's my Hope and dream. I tell you what, StarCraft Ghost is coming out on the Phantom. 
Google it, ladies and gentlemen. It, that's way old. Uh, Rimblade said, I'm going to have to try it since the Dreamcast didn't have any kind of copy protection. That's the other, that's the other cool thing, um, was, uh, and this is actually a very interesting industry in, in Brazil, in South America, of all places. There are companies in Brazil, develop, developers who are still making games exclusively for the Dreamcast, because just as Rimblades put it, there wasn't any kind of copy protection. You just had to burn it to a CD and it, you know, as long as you had the right uh, stuff, you could just, you know, play it on your Dreamcast. Hmm. And uh, one of, once upon a time, uh, Alter Confusion was, um, was uh, involved in conversations around an individual who was going to create a game that was going to be released for the Dreamcast and the PC and the Ouya and... Ugh. And that, of course, is still lost in development purgatory. So it's interesting. I'm looking now at the, I was just kind of perusing through the home of the underdogs. Mm -hmm. And so far, I'm not seeing a lot of options to actually download it. Like, so they used to, I remember when they used to host like all the executables on the website. And now like where to get it is just like a Google search for like download the game instead of like actually hosting it. Aha, uh -huh. <laughs> redirect. Yeah, so I wonder if it's and they definitely used to host like all of them at one time. So I wonder if they kind of got a little bit of a uh, in trouble at one time. Well, I'm sure it it you know once again it makes it harder for you to get in trouble. Yeah, because um, you're not hosting it, you're just but it's redirecting. Kind of like a fun, just walk down like nostalgia lane to look at these. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're yeah. Ooh, it's got a lot harder to host things now. Absolutely. Well, look, we're we're in a weird ass time where, um, uh, where we've um, you know, where everyone's being very, very, very protective about their stuff because let's be honest, it costs a freaking arm and a leg to create some of these AAA titles, so they don't want anybody to mess with it. Then you have Netflix literally throwing money at at gaming franchises to create new animated series, and they're working. Oh, which, by the way, there's a new uh, anime that Netflix just started. It's kind like a lot of people are like, oh, it's kind of like Afro Samurai. And I could see that, but it's really good. Not that Afro Samurai is a bad uh, uh, anime, but this one is also amazing that you need to check out. Uh, let me see if I can remember the name of it off the top of my head here. Or I could cheat and just log into my Netflix account. Uh, it's called uh, Yasuke. Sam Grizzle, I'm going to tape this show and not pay a copyright. Breaking the law. Uh, Rimblade says, most big companies have caught up to the people releasing stuff online where 10 years ago they didn't have the manpower to com combat it. Exactly. Now, the thing is, and, I, and this is something that people will constantly, you know, um, try to reference when they, like, when you see like fan projects being shut down, well, what about all those artists that are, you know, creating their uh, depiction of Zelda or Link or Mario or why can't why are these people able to do uh, bubble bobble T-shirts and not get in trouble? I technically they could. Yeah, technically they could. Absolutely. The uh, the it, unfortunately. 
when, when you're talking about when you're talking about like uh, that type of merchandise, it's a lot harder to kind of track it all down. Where as if it's a game or if it's uh, a, well, yeah, a game, a book, a movie, you know, a TV show, whatever, web uh, webisodes, it's you know, um, usually have a group of people that are working in conjunction with each other. You don't have everybody who's a Zelda fan is working on this one design to put on a t-shirt. Well, I think part of it's also the, what potentially grows the brand and the recognition. And I think there's some, you know, t-shirts and merchandise like that within a certain scale um, does kind of promote the fandom aspect of it. Um, now, obviously you're trying to sell your Zelda remake to Walmart or Target, that's probably not going to go over well. No. Whereas they probably look at it as like the TV or video game remake is not on that same level. Um, as far as that's where you actually get into brand issues. And I think that's why they kind of look the other way with like the t-shirts and the posters and all that stuff. Um, cause many conventions can basically just be shut down based on the content alone. That is knowingly hosted there. But I think most of the content creators realize it helps promote the brand and the product. I mean, there's tons of animes I would not have known had existed without seeing like all of the crazy artwork mock-ups at conventions when you walk around. I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. So I think that is definitely part of it where it helps sell the brands. Uh, uh, Blade says, uh, fan art is a very fine line. And, and I agree. Um, usually you have, <clears throat> of course, you're not, if you go to, uh, you know, a major retailer, try to sell a knockoffs of any video game, then you're going to get in trouble. Uh, with conventions, you know, you've got your fan art. Some people will kind of um, uh, give the, you know, artists some love for the, you know, for giving their interpretation of things. But there's also those artists who are absolute hacks who steal fellow artists' uh, stuff, add an additional filter uh, to the picture and print it out and then try to sell it for 30 bucks a pop. Uh, there was a gentleman who uh, basically got blacklisted at every major convention one year. Mm -hmm. He he was there at Momocon for like three hours before he got thrown out, and he was I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. He was a dick. He's like, yeah, that's amazing art. I'm like, dude, that's literally if you go to the like three rows down, it's the exact same thing, but he added. Like a, a uh, like a slight blur filter to the left hand side of the picture, and I but, think that's the difference with what you see at conventions. For the most part, is it's derivative work. Like there's something creative about it that gives you that spin. It's not just a straight up one for one copy of Zelda. They do something either mash up with another fandom, or there's some kind of cheeky phrase on it. Um, and I think that's that also kind of helps to differentiate it a little to get well, it, make it interesting and fun for us. Well, here, here's the thing. As fans, absolutely. As the IP holder, if they really wanted to, oh yeah, they they could go after everyone and anyone who has any, I mean, they could, shit, they could go after people who got a Zelda tattoo. Um, I mean, they could close down like Dragon Con if they felt like. <laughs> they could close down any convention. Yeah. Um, Did they do it out the big ones like Comic-Con and those? Is it, I haven't been to Comic-Con. Is it just as 
just like any other convention as far as the artist. Oh, I'm sure. And all that stuff goes. Oh, I'm sure. I would not be surprised. Um, but um, dang it, Zelius, you made me lose my train of thought again. Ah, oh, you did. <laughs> um, damn it. All right, well, I'm trying to collect my thoughts. I do want to do uh, a, a couple quick shout-outs to uh, friends of the show that support us, so we're going to support them right back. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me take a second to tell you about a couple amazing things. The first thing, of course, is the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts that challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. If you want more information, go to www.indiecluster.com. And the other shout out that we absolutely have to make is to the one and only Dr. Ryan. So let's tell you a little bit about Hero Chiropractic. Whoops, wrong one. Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore. The company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to HeroChiropractic.com. There you go. All right. So, since we're doing... Uh, we got to do some self-promo shout-outs real quick. And I, of course, lost the dang script. So I'm going to yeah, have to wing it. Result. I don't know what the hell happened. It's, it's gone, though. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just I'm going to wing it. So uh, pray for me. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, for the 10th year straight, Ultra Confusion will be partaking in Extra Life. Extra Life is what gamers do best, and that is game. What we're going to be doing is... Sometime in November, we're going to be gaming for 24 straight hours. And during that time, you get to say hello uh, and watch us game till our, until I basically pass out. Um, it is, or you act like you should be passed out. I've done it once. Um, I'll tell you the story in just a second. Um, basically, it's a fundraiser that we're very passionate about. Uh, it goes to the Children's Miracle Network Hospital. For us, it's always been the Children's, Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. Uh, I grew up in Atlanta. I've been there many times. Uh, I've had friends that have gone there. My my kids have gone. My sisters have gone. I'm very passionate about Extra Life and raising money. If you have the ability to donate, please go to extra-life.org and you can uh, search for Ultra Confusion, which will get you there. If you are watching this on Twitch, it's in the uh, panel right below the video. Uh, there should be a uh, Extra Life button that will take you right there all right now there, here comes the hard one you think i butchered the uh, extra life watch this one alter confusion also has a patreon page uh patreon allows us a little bit more room for our creative freedom um 
So basically what Patreon is, is it's a monthly donation uh, from fans and supporters like you that help us cover some of the expenses that we uh, come across. Uh, mainly, the vast majority of the money that Alter Confusion has made through Patreon uh, covers the hosting fee for the podcast, uh, the cost of software, and of course, the cost of conventions. Uh, wonderful uh, as conventions can be, there are some hidden fees for individuals who have fan tables. Uh, sometimes it's the internet, sometimes it's electricity, sometimes they we have to get a badge, whatever it takes. We want to be at conventions and Patreon allows us to go to more conventions because it gives us a little bit more breathing room. Currently, Alter Confusion has two different tiers. We have a $1 tier, that is $12 a, a year. Uh, that $1 tier allows you access to patron-only uh, information on the Patreon site. Uh, and it also gives you early access to all of our playthroughs. Now, there's also a $5 uh, tier. And that $5, which of course is $60 a year, uh, not only gives you the access for the $1 tier, but it also puts you into Friends of the Show section during all of our Thursday night hangouts. So if you're interested, go to patreon.com slash altered confusion. Actually, you think that went better than... The first one. What could be better? I know. All right. So back on fan projects. So many of them. So the, here, here's the thing. I, I understand the, the, you know, the good intentions of fans, you know, and, and there are a lot of fan projects out there that actually, you know, put a, an amazing spotlight on maybe uh, a universe or, uh, you know, a, a developer or something that would not have happened if it wasn't for these people. But at the same time, doesn't matter if it's like the most beautiful bright light. If the IP owner says no, then you can't do it. Um, the 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 one example that I got really hot underneath the collar about was there was a, a fan made movie called Hero of Time, which was Zelda. Uh, yeah, it was basically uh, like a little uh, movie about. Link and an adventure he took. And they had, they did really well. Um, you know, but of course, it's Nintendo's property and Nintendo goes, no. Um, I'm sure you can find it somewhere in the deep, deep, dark internet uh, ones and zeros. But um, at one time, I did, oh, I did own uh, a digital copy of it, but the hard drive's gone bad. So, no. Um, yeah, I know. I'm going to play it again, sir. Dude, I have. I have a hard drive that has gone bad that has so much amazing stuff on it that it makes me super sad. You need to back up your data, yo. It's an external hard drive. You can back up your external hard Why drive. Why the hell would I back? I, I backed it off my PC to go to external hard drive and I've got to back up that. I've got to back up the backup of backup. You have a three, two, one scenario. Jesus you have Christ. three places you put it, two on site, one off site. Boom. I had a disaster recovery and it died. Mm, mm. Anyways, uh, Sam cool. Grizzle wants to uh, uh, wants to make everyone aware who's in the Atlanta area that the, and are football fans that the Atlanta Falcons are now on the clock. Um, I've not been paying any attention to the the NFL draft. I'm sure that they'll take somebody and there'll be a bunch of bitching and moaning. But that's basically every single fan base is not going to be happy with what anyone picks. So. Um, but you follow football, so you know things. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, but here, there's also another 
to go back to uh, fan creations, there are those individuals out there who actually want to go after the cosplayers because they are creating um, uh, works of art from established IPs. Um, those people need to go be hit with a bag of rocks. You would think. You would think. No, I don't think I know. No, I'm just I saying. Know. It's I. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Um, if you are creating your own stuff, uh, your own representation of some armor you saw in World of Warcraft or something like that, more power to you. That gets now, into it. I don't know if that actually breaks copyright. You're starting to get into like derivative works now, where like that's a totally different ball game. Like there's comes a certain point where you're not actually stealing intellectual property, and they're now not. It's not actually illegal at a certain point. You know, you remember that company? You know, it's 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 died. They're, they had this game that. You may have heard called Candy Crush Saga. You know, that yeah. company that went after everyone who had Candy Crush yep. or Saga in their title. Yeah. Yep. Derivative. They, they went after a freaking word. There's a gentleman who was. It doesn't mean they were right. Right. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. It didn't mean they were right. I mean, you can sue anybody for anything. I can sue you for being wearing a. I can sue you for wearing a hat because it offends me. doesn't mean I'm going to win. Right. No, I know. But the, but here's and here's the unfortunate thing. The vast majority of time when you have those crazy wackadoodle people who go after you for even the smallest thing that they think might be, you know, an infringement upon their brand is that they usually have a shit ton of money and they could basically smack you in the face and you just got to take it because you can't, you know, mount a legal defense. Uh, Red Blade said the main reason they are going after the cosplayers uh, is for the sale of items uh, or costumes or photos. That's actually a very interesting point. I even think about that. Let's say that you're, you know, let's say that uh, in some circles you're a very well-known cosplayer and you're selling pictures of you wearing, you know, uh, Cowboy Bebop cosplay or something like that. You're making a profit off of an IP that you don't own. Exactly. Uh, I know that. I know that there's a lot of people or a lot of companies, well, there's quite a few companies that, that are starting to target like, uh, kind of like the, the big operations of making like huge amounts of like, I don't know, tchotchkes of their IPs. Like, um, so that's one from uh Kamui cosplay. If you're not familiar with her, she makes amazing cosplay. Um, and they're talking about this is over in Japan where they're talking about basically if you're making money off of your cosplay, then part of the um, what you're making has to go basically to that publisher. Yeah, exactly. And basically request fees. No, and, and Rimblade just said it's mostly in Japan, currently not in the U.S. Um, yeah, I mean, here, but, but, the, but the, in... It's the royalty fee, um, which I'm totally okay with. But the problem is trying to implement it in such a way that every individual who who tries to make a profit off of an IP that they don't own, that they actually are giving royalties back to the IP owner. Because that, that shit don't happen a lot. Yeah. Uh, but ba what I was saying was that there, uh, some of the company, some companies out there are starting to go after those people who are trying to mass produce um, Let's say um, the Infinity Gauntlet or uh, 
Rimblade. It's also the reason why you don't see Disney princess birthday parties. You do, but it's one of those um, they'll come to you uh, parties. Uh, and yeah, exactly, they'll do the generic princess party, but when they show up, they, they're dressed like a Disney princess. They won't say, it's a frozen princess party. It'll be like, uh, you know, uh, it's like pretty princess. It's like they're trying to hold a large um ball party for the super bowl you're not actually hosting the super bowl party no uh you uh it, it's the it's the big game that's the only way you can because nfl is really touchy about that but right you know you can't there there you know you um i mean hell there's there, there's instances and we've talked about this before um there are instances where Companies, uh, Nintendo, Blizzard, uh, uh, top two off the top of my head, uh, that have gone after like charity events or yeah. events that utilized a mod so they could do like land play. So it's not the actual game. They're 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 changing it, or of course they're doing an uh, uh, an unauthorized tournament of their IP, which um, that kind of gets underneath my skin a little bit. You know, let's say that let's say that uh, everyone from Ultra Confusion, plus like two more people, decide let's have a Smash Brothers tournament, just a friendly thing, and let's say the winner gets everyone's of legal age in, in this scenario. Okay, the winner gets a pitcher of beer. Technically, Nintendo could come after us because we've created a tournament where there's money being exchanged and a prize being awarded. Uh, yeah. And that's actually happened for um, uh, StarCraft II. Um, let's see here. Uh, is that a game where we Smash Brothers? Yeah, actually, like I Smash Brothers, I know. I have two brothers. I could smash them. It's a I'm game pretty sure play. the brothers smashed you. But, well, um, uh, I mean... Yeah, I don't. I love the fans, and I love, and I'm a huge fan of a bunch of stuff. And I wish that I had the artistic abilities of these individuals out there. Um, but unfortunately, the best I can do is, if your game sucks, I'm going to rip it apart in a review. Um, which, ironically, has had mixed results. Or if I try to spread a rumor about a tri AAA studio, and some community manager takes offense to what I say about how they improve Madden every single year. And then for some reason, my name of a very itty bitty teeny weeny, uh, uh, reviewer gets put on a list with the big boys for a couple of years. Just wait until they come after us for copyright infringement for using the name of the video game in the article. I never wrote the art. I never wrote an article. Booyah. But you're right. You're right. There, uh, you, I would not be surprised if there are some companies out there who, uh, you know, the the review is not favorable. So you're 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 purposefully um, uh, devaluing their hard work, their their project that could make or break their company. Mm, I feel terrible for them. If if you make shit, it's still gonna be shit. I don't care what you've done to it. It's still shit. Uh, Rimblade says 
there have been a couple of companies that have gone after bad reviews. Absolutely. Um, there's, um, there are also those companies out there's AAA studios out there who will, uh, as part of the NDA will, uh, that, that non-disclosure agreement, mm -hmm. um, you have the, the, uh, you have companies that basically in the NDA that you have to sign in order to get a, an early copy of the game, which of course you can't talk about until the embargo is gone. But there's an additional addendum to certain uh, NDAs that state if your review is not going to put this game in a positive light, you have to wait an additional five days before you can release it. Uh, Renblade, they do copyright strikes on YouTube. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, oh, that yeah. happens nonstop. Believe me, I, um, they, I mean, shit, the, the amount of freaking, um, what DM, what the DMCA takedowns that are, that are happening nowadays and, and the severity of the sound file causing it or my personal favorite, it is, it's the, the theme. So it's not like, you know, it's, it's not one of those, um, uh, you know, like random radio stations, you know, like in Grand Theft Auto that you could switch between all these stations. It's literally the music that's in the background of a game. And so you're getting dinged for that. Rimblade said, and there is no protection for the reviewers. Uh, oh, hell no, there's not. Um, you, can be, you can be put on shit list in half a minute and you can have people um, verbally or physically attack you. I've thankfully only had verbal attacks done to me when I've reviewed stuff in not so nice a way. But constructive criticism, damn it. I'm not going to say your game is shit. It's terrible. It, it, uh, well, no, that's not true. I've, I've said that once, but it wasn't to the developers. The game was shit though. Uh, there's this amazing game franchise that's long past gone called, uh, Lords of the Realm. Oh, Lords yeah. of the Realm. The first one, amazing game. Second one, for some unknown reason, they took uh, they took the castle editor out, but the rest of the game was pretty good. And then came the third one, which is where I have gone on record several times and said, I can make this game better by emptying out all the contents of the box and taking a big dump in it and then handing you the box. The game's much better. That's quite graphic and I feel dirty now. No, that's the, I mean, that's one of the very few exceptions where I was not being constructively critical because... It was that bad. No, um, there's nothing. Yeah, it's it's sad because it's a series that actually. I feel like that's something that's kind of missing is because all the games seem so dedicated to like first person shooters and mobiles and action and wham bam, but like what? kind of those classic strategy type of games with those type of mechanics. There's a dearth of those, and it's kind of sad. Um, I know you got some that have kind of come out of the word work, like Factorio and Prison Architect and some of these other strategy games, mm -hmm. but they largely get overlooked, um, especially from the big publishers. Like big publishers don't make those type of strategy games. No. Um, I mean, yeah, I know you got the hold over like Civilization because that's like the frame, like that's Firaxis. Right, but um, but there's there's so many uh, uh, derivatives of Civilization, even for AAA but, studios. Yeah, but like the just like the classic strategy games, it's like they don't even really try as nearly as much as they used to. 
which is kind okay. of sad. Well, let's let's be honest. It's now we we in when it comes to game development, it's we are um, uh, we are more likely to see a, a game that could have amazing potential get thrown out the door way too early than seeing a, a full game. You know what? I'm going to do well, what I do at all the damn. I'm going to show you the the trick that I do at conventions. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, if you look at this beautiful card, let's say that this is a video game. This is the entire video game, okay, from start to finish. Isn't that a pretty card? Very nice. All right, so now let's say that we are now in the age of being able to put patches on CDs. So still almost a complete game, but then, you know, they might have to throw in one or two patches to fix it. Now we're in the era of uh, we will uh, patch it uh, when we get a chance. Uh, and for those out there who really did not have a good experience with Cyberpunk 20, 2077, which I had an okay thing. But basically, this is the game that you get. These are the patches that you need. And then hopefully you get this one. Or, or we could go also... The, uh, the wonderful world of DLC. What, where once you had an entire story, you have almost the whole story, but you have to pay like $15.99 so you can get the rest of it. And oh, by the way, there's a big ass bug that gets introduced so you actually don't get the full game. <laughs> and that's kind of what happened with Outriders. Is it's such a, it, the gameplay itself is great, mm -hmm. but it's missing some of the details like, useful matchmaking or like not a half-assed end game where like it's so close to being almost like a destiny where people are going to play it for years and you can continue to play it and play Wait, and play it. Destiny? Yeah. Like the Bungie game? Yeah. The game that I quit after two weeks because I was bored as shit? Destiny 2. And people still played. Oh. Yeah. And but like it was so close to being that type oh. of game where people will be playing it online for years and they're pretty much totally screwed now. Rin Blades is with uh, you on the Outrider, dude. What's Rin Blades says, I still don't know why they are nerfing things in Outriders. Because it's overpowered and being overpowered in a PvE game is no bueno because you'll get loot quicker than other classes. Yeah. I yeah, uh, I agree, Rin. Um and that's what I hate. Like, I put, like, 70 hours into the game. It's mm -hmm. a great game, but I'm pretty much done with it. Um, when it's so close to be able to have, actually, a great in-game. Um, but with the game already being out for a month and still having, basically, game-breaking bugs, uh, that looks like there's really no end in sight to them trying to fix those bugs at this point. Mm -hmm. um, so, who knows? Damn, I was trying. I'll see if I could pull up. Um, oh, screw it. I, I know which games I've played a ton of. I was just curious to see how much time I've put into to some of the games. You said, you know, 70 hours. Uh, Borderlands, I'm I'm over 130 hours. I have to say, you put a lot of hours into that. Yeah. Um, uh, where is Cyberpunk? Because you know that's a big-ass number. I mean... Um... Outriders is probably the 130 first, hours. first game in a while to actually put like a lot of hours into. And that's a lot of players you talk to and they're in the same boat where it's like people put in a, like there's a demand 
for that to have a lot of content. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blades, uh thinks it's really messed up that they didn't add any voice chat into the Outriders, and since its end game is based on co-op. Yeah, so like you're sitting at a camp, and it's like, hi, are you ready to go? What level in game would you like to go contest in? LFG! Yeah, between 1 and 15. Which one do you like today? LFG! Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, but that's what I had to socialize with people back in the original days of MMOs, man. Which None for... of this, I click a button, I'm automatically cute crap. I know. Which, ladies and gentlemen, for you youngsters out there, LFG means looking for group. LFG uh, for... One LFG one P. I need one priest to my group to heal. Oh, now you're getting crazy, Zelius. I know. Crazy. Because you can never find those damn healers. Yeah. Because nobody wants that. Because everybody blames the healers. I went to school uh, with uh, apparently uh, one of the best uh, white mages on one of the servers on uh, Final Fantasy XI. Oh, fancy. Uh, Red Blade says healers and tanks are always rare because everybody mm-hmm. wants to be doing the damage. They don't want to be, you know, the meat shield or or be a support role. Well, the problem is, actually, that bring up a good point is I don't even know if it's necessarily I want to have more fun DPSing. It's also who gets the blame. Yeah. So like my experience is it's, it's, it's one tank, one healer and three DPS. If one of the if the mobs get loose, it's the tank's fault. Yep. Not the DPS for pulling too much aggro when they told them to stop, or it's the healer's fault if anyone dies for any reason whatsoever, even though I've been standing in the red shit for the last 20 seconds and I wasted all my mana trying to heal you. Yep. yep. You so got your entire, your entire team went Leroy Jenkins, yep. and they're like, why'd you let me die? Yeah, so it's always the healers and tanks who get blamed. Um, and not... And plus, if you got three DPS and you suck as a DPS, you kind of just blend in with the other two. Yep. So th- I think well, that's I was doing what I was supposed to do. I don't know what's wrong. Um, Rimblades, I I don't know. I used to get yelled at for pulling threat as DPS. Don't you have a DPS meter that shows you if you're pulling too much threat, man? Are you a noob? That's an illegal third-party add-on. Um. No, because I played World of Warcraft and it officially had mods that I could add to the game. It was actually a little button that said mods. Do you remember? Technically, Final Fantasy XIV are against the EULA, though. Do you remember for like, what was it like less than a month where Steam uh, dabbled with uh, paid mods and they had to drop that like a bad habit? Yeah, it wasn't Steam. It was. Um... Was it Unreal? No, it was um, who. Uh, um... The big open fantasy game. Oh, uh, Skyrim. Yeah, yeah. It was that developer. I'm pretty sure they're the ones who Bethesda Soft. Or yeah. I guess now it's one... shit, who who just bought Bethesda Soft? Microsoft? Microsoft, yeah. Yeah. Um that's basically what makes like people still play Morrowind like years later, it's because of the mods. Do uh, uh Zelius and I have a friend, uh uh, who, if you were with Ultra Confusion in the young days, uh, went by the name The German. And uh, he, had he at the time, had put a shit ton of time into Morrowind. Uh, and he literally... Th- the man must have been bored. I, I couldn't do this. He literally had, like, 
copies of items neatly spaced out in houses. And then he had, uh, then he had the, like the, the super, uh, high tower of books. It was nuts. Uh, Rimblade said, uh, Oblivion was the one that started with the paid mods and got stomped fast. That sounds right. Well, okay. Here's, here's the deal. Uh, in theory, very, it, it's a very nice thing, you know, to be paid for your contribution to a game. But as we, we well know in, in this capitalistic society, uh, if someone gets wind of a product that's about to come out, they're going to try to produce it before so they can basically milk the market before you can bring it out, which is, which, uh, there's a gentleman, I can't remember his name, but he is notorious for literally watching Shark Tank. And then finding out, you know, basically hearing the really cool stuff that he can quickly uh, mm -hmm. send a plan to uh, China, make a, a shit ton of like cheap knockoffs and flood the market with it. And then once the real product comes out, he removes his because, of course, he doesn't own the patent. But he's already done the damage. I want to kick those people nuts. Uh, Rimblade said uh, StarCraft II was supposed to have paid maps, but it never worked out either. Look. My biggest issue awesome. with, with StarCraft II is the fact that it was on three freaking different things. Like, I understand you wanted to, you know, to, like, spruce up the the solo thing. But it was just, it was so, for me, it was so annoying uh, to basically you got, uh, it's like having a Neapolitan uh, ice cream sandwich, but only getting to have the chocolate. And then two years later, being able to eat the strawberry. And then two years later, you find out, oh, the vanilla is all that's left. Now I want some ice cream, damn it. Well, that's what my kids had for uh, dessert. That's why it immediately came up. to. Uh, I just want my Java chocolate chip ice cream. Nope. As soon as you anything coffee, I'm out. Mm. See, that's how I know you'll never steal my food. Uh, Rimblades. It was having to buy three full games for a single total campaign. Exactly. And what is that? I'm, I'm guessing it was probably, what, like 50 bucks a pop? So that's 150 or maybe it was 60 So that's 180 bucks for the the full, you know, the total campaign experience. That's well, my, way too much. My, my problem was, is so I played through the first um, campaign. I think it was the Zerg. So 160 It was either Zerg or Terran the first one. I forget which it was. Whichever one it was, I played through the first Wings of Liberty I, or The Swarm? Yeah, I don't know which one it was. It was years ago. Whatever I played through, then you had to wait like a long time mm -hmm. for the next campaign to come out. Terran the Zerg, then Protoss. The next campaign come out, I was like, meh, whatever. And so that's why I lost my interest because it just took so long for them to come out. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. Rimblade, did you seriously get the collector's edition for each of them so you ended up dropping three hundred dollars that i mean that's dedication holy that's ball sack dedication to starcraft yeah i'm dedicated but i ain't that dedicated then again you're you're <laughs> here i am you know saying that i'm not that dedicated i spent um Oh gosh, let's see here. I spent like 18 years tracking down a single book because I had to have it. Uh, now, of course, it didn't cost me 300 bucks, but I was also at one time very tempted to buy 
uh, uh, an actual pristine condition, Swicket in two discs, so I could say that I had the entire Swicket in collection. But at the time, it was three hundred fifty-six dollars. I mean, what else are you getting with that three hundred fifty-six dollars when you die? Well, at this point, I got to give it to the kids. But back then, it would just have you know poof, off into the atmosphere. Exactly, yeah, been so useless. You should have just bought it back then, and you wouldn't even know the difference now. All right, so side story. I literally had Swicket in 2 in my hands, but I was short $10. And so I didn't pick it up. And then the next time I went into the uh, EB Games, they no longer carried it. Oh, that's sad. But uh, I was, I, uh, and then a follow-up story, there was a game that like became super duper popular, but no one really knew about it when it when it first came out, and so uh, all the copies were returned to the uh, distributor because no one was picking up this game. I thankfully got to the game. I think it was on the shelves for maybe two weeks before they pulled it and sent it all back. And I I actually like went on release day, and the guy it was at from uh, Target, and the guy at Target goes, "What the." What is this? I goes, dude, it's amazing. He goes, all right. No, it's not Disgaea. It was Puzzle Quest. The original Puzzle Quest for the uh, Game Boy, uh, the nice. DS. But I mean, there's there's so many good games, uh, you know that that fly underneath the radar. Um, one of one of the. Well, the best game that I played for the Xbox was uh, Beyond Good and Evil, which, of course, everyone freaking teases about uh, number two. But, I mean, that one did not get any love whatsoever, but it's a phenomenal game. But, yeah. Which, uh, by the way, uh, just a side note, do not play Puzzle Quest 2. It is shit. It's ba basically Puzzle Quest 2, whomever basically went from Puzzle Quest 1 to Puzzle Quest 2, uh, must have been on, the, uh, on the, the, the planning team for the transition from Dragon Age 1 to Dragon Age 2. Because literally, I it was like, the same thing. I like Dragon Age 2. I know you think it's an abomination, but I thought it was a fun RPG where you just go around killing everyone. It was great. You had this like in-depth story that basically got taken away where you just have, you go into the city and you've got these points of interest that you can go out to sometimes. And every single fucking map is the exact same. They just rotated or flipped it. And they didn't even change the mini map. There would be times where you're like, oh, is this a hidden alcove? Why is there a wall there? Why can't I go through the wall? No, thank you're you. Such a, you're such a hater. I'm a reviewer. Mm, I thought it was a fun game. I enjoyed it. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that I didn't play the entire game. I've, I've played every single Dragon Age. It just that was by far uh, not. I mean, it. If you looked at the quality of Dragon Age Two to Dragon Age One, it should have been flip flopped. In my opinion, maybe I like Dragon Age Two more than Dragon Age One. Well, then, to you. That's how I feel, usually. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, my God. 
Really? Uh, Rimblade just sent a couple pictures. Hold on, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Because this is... Uh, he has photographic evidence that he did indeed buy the collector's edition for um, for this. And I've just gotten his uh, blessing. So hold on, let me see if I can pull this up real quick. What, you didn't believe him? No, 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 no. He said it to me. I didn't know if, if he wanted me to actually show it. Um, gosh darn it. The downside of where I put my camera, I can't see around the camera. Uh, let's see here. Let's. All right, I'm gonna have to do this on the fly, so I apologize if it, if uh, if I have to, you know, it looks crappy for a second. You can do it. I have faith in you, sir. Thanks, Zelius. I think, possibly. I don't know. We'll talk later. Uh, new one. Uh, picture. Let's see. And I don't even know what that one is. Yep, there you go. What in the world? I'm waiting. Oh, oh. I mean, they do look badass. Yeah. And I like that recliner. <laughs> look, I need a new recliner, so I'm always interested in what they got. Uh, Rimblade said, uh, I also, I was also looking for a game that we had to pull off the shelf back in my GameStop days that you cannot find anymore. Nice. They opened in the middle. Oh yeah. Yep. 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 I remember those. Yeah. It's like super cool style. Just like kind of like the, uh, the doors, uh, that were on top of the, uh, the building and, uh, Ghostbusters. I approve. Yes. Yeah. But anyways. Um, hold on one sec. Hold, hold on. I've got to show this other picture real quick. You think you're cool until you see this. I'm waiting to be cool. Hold on now. Let's I can only down. wait so long. All right, give me a sec. I'm not sure I believe you. Boom. Ba bam. Look at that. Okay, that's pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's it's on par with those people who used to work in the movie theater and got to have the old posters. Nice. I approve. Bad Day in L.A. was the game that he had to take off the shelf. Needs a Battlefield poster. Well, Sam, if you you know, you know hook someone up with a Battlefield poster, I'm sure they'll put it up. I know somebody. Not going to have names. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways. All right. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are now approaching the 920, and I know that Zelius's overlord is probably burning... Uh, lasers through the back of his head so i believe where, that, where her food is yes so i believe we'll have to let zelius go and uh, end the show for this evening but ladies and gentlemen i would like to thank everyone for tuning in to the ultra confusion thursday night hangout for myself charlie and zelius it's been a pleasure giving everything come our heads our mouths and of course 
Our hearts will be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother. Thank you.